God. Yeah, it was freaking brutal trying to the last few weeks and like I could like barely hear you over even like over my speaker and it was just no, it was just terrible. That was awful. Oh, oh my god, I said what is going awful. My cats. My cats didn't know what to do when they fought me out with them. Oh, Bobby. Oh, you were doing Linda? I thought you were doing Kyle's cousin from South Park. <laughs> no, I wasn't even doing Linda. I was doing, um, oh, who was oh, there? Oh, um, yeah. Even worse. Uh, yeah. Voiced by, uh, uh, Ron Swanson's mm. wife, like actual wife. Yeah. Oh, Tammy. Yeah, Tammy too. Tammy too. Melanie. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. What's her name? Yeah. Melanie Mullally. Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally. 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 But I'm not Megan. Yeah. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. My cats. Oh my. My cats. Oh my cat. I got to fight with my cat, and he kicked me out. And I need to stay at your place. Do not like my art, Bob. Yeah, not like my art bomb. There are anuses everywhere. Anuses. Ow. Look at that anus. Oh, I guess I know what we're doing for Watch 4 tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Seems like I have something else, but I can't remember. I gotta, I gotta like, we'll remember what later on as we hit episode four. Four eight here on the Afford Affair podcast. Mm. Welcome in, everyone. I am Edward Green, joined as always by McCollin Crime, West Bradshaw. And do we have an episode for you because Woo. we didn't have one last week? Um, but that's okay. Sorry about that, everybody. I had monsters, totally okay. and we're back and better than ever for this week. Uh, we will be, um, I think just taking a stock at where we are in the Premier League. I think that's a good thing to do now as we are, uh, everyone has done their half, uh, their mm -hmm. 19th match. At least uh few have gone through 20 and 21. Uh, but at least everybody has hit the halfway mark now, so we can kind of take stock of where we are with that. Uh, we'll have a brief League Cup and FA Cup update. We'll have some news and notes and, and, and some happy trails in those. Um, and then we'll hit the the pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and call it a pod. All right, so with that, um, because we missed last week, I am going to now give you the speedrun version of every Premier League match that has happened since we left. Are you ready? You want an update? I give you an update. <laughs> and Spurs beat Fulham 1-0. There you go. I agree. I agree with everything you just said, Ed. I am very, very uh, pleased with the amount of research that yeah. you put into yeah. that speed round. Yeah, I, th I think I hit the highlight. Folks, give it up for Ed Green. He is he is absolutely oh, fantastic. Oh man, definitely, definitely. His cat, his cat is very proud <laughs> of him. First last week, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Take a bow. Oh, take a bow, Mitten. Here. Give it up. All right. Um. So yes, as as it has been a topsy turvy week for uh for a lot of the teams here. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really weird. Uh, we've had uh sagas at tottenham we've had uh as i mentioned a little bit happy trails at everton we've had um we've had 
Yeah. Happy for someone. Um, we've had kerfuffles at the top, kerfuffles at the bottom, kerfuffles in the mid table. And uh, yeah, again, we are at the halfway mark. And as we do look at the halfway here, um, with with a match in hand, Arsenal do currently sit atop the Premier League uh, with 50 points. City are at 45. Newcastle still in their third uh, with 39, as are Manchester United. Um, but somehow, because they're amazing defense, Newcastle have a much, much, much better goal differential than United. Uh, Tottenham right now on the outside looking into the Champions League spots with 36 points. And then it's Brighton and Hove and Fulham behind them. And then it's Brentford. And then rounding out the top 10 right now, Liverpool, who do have, uh, are one of the teams that sit at 19 matches. So they have a couple matches in hand, but they are currently in ninth place and level on points with Chelsea in 10th. Uh, the rest of the mid-table is Villa, Palace, and Forest. And then as we head towards the relegation zone, which right now only three points separate 14th to 20th. It goes Leicester, Leeds, West Ham, all on 18 points. Wolves just outside the zone right now on 17. Bournemouth also at 17 inside of it. And then Everton and Southampton joint bottom at 15 points apiece. Um, Wes, this is this is truly been a, a very weird season so far i mean we we've had very two distinct seasons it almost feels like so far uh with the world cup in the middle of course um but right now i guess i guess we have to start at the top after arsenal's comeback win uh multi-comeback win against united this past week um by god are, are they are they going to do it are they actually going to do it And I've been I've been wrestling with this for a few weeks now. Because yeah, honestly, up until the last few weeks, I was just like, uh, Arsenal, they're they Arsenal had given up to them. Great start to the season. They've done a really good job. They're, you know, I, I think I'd predicted them to be the my fourth place team earlier this year. So, you know, I had I had a, a confidence level that, hey, you know, Arsenal will get themselves to Europe. Good on them. You know, they're building, they're young. We'll see what happens. Dude. Yep. Whew. It is the end of January. And not only does Arsenal, like, not only are they atop the Premier League, they look hands down far and away the best team in the Premier League. City are within striking distance. But as a team, City don't look... Anywhere near as good as Arsenal do, yeah. Which is which is crazy. It, it's City's its own little weird thing, and not to get too deep into it, but basically they brought in a focal point who is not disappointed in one bit. By the way, he's obviously Erling Holland is like a phenom, but it's almost like they sacrificed what mm -hmm. they actually were for that big focal point, and. For this season, anyway, it's not really clicking for them totally. But what's terrifying is it'll probably click in next year. They'll score like they'll have like 104 points or some shit next year. But whatever, I can I can beat myself up over next year. Next year, um, man, Arsenal look fantastic. Um, the young guns are firing. Uh, Saka, um. God, Odegaard leading the way. God, so Odegaard's so freaking I, I good. So bad for, I, I, I thought that was such a nothing pickup, and I was so wrong. 
I've I've always felt I've always like I've always really liked Odegaard's talent. You know, there there's some places that young young players don't need to go to. And to me, you know, this is this is not hating on you know, Real Madrid at all. I mean, how, how can you hate on Real Madrid? Jesus God! Obviously, they make more right decisions than wrong decisions. But at like sixteen, that's probably not the best place to go and develop. Just because Real Madrid is a win at all costs, like every year kind of entity. So unless you hit the ground running like immediately. You're not really going to grow yeah, like, into Real Madrid. As an example, like uh, Vinicius, I actually thought he was on track to be a bust. He's mm-hmm. really turned it around, but even he was like, at, I think mm-hmm. he got there at 19 or 20, which is about the time you kind of yeah. want to go to Real Madrid if you're young, because you you should be able to get in into the starting exactly. team if you're good enough. But you're not like super young like Odegaard mm-hmm. was. But even then, it's it's still so tough, right? Right. It's like coming through Real Madrid's academy, unless you're unless you're like one of those Spanish like wonder kids who make it through their academy and end up at Real Madrid. It's not really it's not really this breeding ground for great young talent, which you're kind of like, well, what the hell? But when you think about it. Once again, Real Madrid are always just going to go and, you know, right. they're just going to go buy somebody. I mean, like, you can be a hotshot striker right now at 16 years old at Real Madrid, and you're kind of screwed because you know they're going after Mbappe. And, I mean, you could be great. <laughs> Good luck. You know, they're going, they're going to go spend, like, a world record on Mbappe. So, you're obviously, if you're behind, if you're in that same position, mm-hmm. your progress is stalled. And for Odegaard, when you look at it, Odegaard came through A, very young, B, foreign country, lots of pressure, and oh, you only have the best midfield in the world in front of you. It's like, well, well where can you play? Well, um, I can play here. Oh, yeah, we've got this guy named Luka Modric there. Well, maybe I could even reinvent myself and play out here. Oh, yeah, that, that's this dude named Tony Cruz out there. Um, and then apparently, you know, the, the manager at the time who was Zinedine Zidane didn't really rate him. He didn't think he was all that and a bag of potato chips. It was just, it was a really tough spot. And, you know, I, I've been aware of Odegaard for a long time because Liverpool were really trying to recruit him in <laughs> when he did end up at Madrid. Um, apparently, of course, this is, you know, who cares where you almost thought about signing, but apparently Liverpool were there. He grew up a Liverpool fan, apparently. So it, it looked like for a little while there, there was a chance he could have ended up at Liverpool. And, you know, you almost think if he had ended up at, say, a Liverpool or somewhere like that, where... Liverpool, especially at this point, are, you know, they're happy to bring through some academy kids. And they're going out and they're signing 15 and 16-year-olds right now and then trying to develop them into being future first-team players. Um, 
it's almost like you know you wonder if he had ended up there at 16 or or at say even an arsenal at 16 or just somewhere where they were bringing through youth you wonder if we would have seen this like three years ago maybe from Odegaard but as it stands yeah I didn't think his loan last season to Arsenal really pulled up trees I didn't think he was anything great you could see moments but it was kind of like I don't know if this dude can do it in the Premier League but man he has absolutely he, he has hit his stride he is the talisman of that Arsenal squad. Um, we thought, uh, oh, God, Jesus got hurt at the World Cup. Oh, well, they're screwed. No, nah, Eddie and Ketty is finally starting to look somewhat like they thought Eddie and Ketty would look. Um, defensively, they're fantastic. Their biggest signing, I believe he signed this past year, was Aaron Ramsdale, actually, the keeper. If you look at how Arsenal play, everything that Ramsdale does is integral to their buildup, to how they play from the back, to getting people in the right position. How Aaron Ramsdale is not the England number one just galls me. Like, to every nth degree, how the hell is this guy not the England number one? It's like it's not the guy who's the you know goalkeeper of you know the best team in the league. No, it's the guy who's the goalkeeper of possibly the worst Pickford. team in the league. Pickford um, had more shots, obviously, so he'd have more practice. <laughs> that's you know what I will go with. Picky's just more ready to stop shots because he sees so damn many of them. No, um. Yeah, that's that's something that just kind of you know makes you shake your head a little bit. But once again, that's 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 England for you. But um, yeah, Ramsdale has really solidified them at the back. Odegaard has them with emphasis going forward. Saka is looking like a young English wonder kid who is who is actually coming good on his talent, <laughs> which we know that's always the issue with the English wonder kids. Is can you make good on it? And Bakara Sako looks like he is. Bakaya Sako, excuse me. Um, uh, there, there are a lot more guys on that team who have just had, who are having spectacular seasons. I don't want to sell them short, but I'm not going to sit here and name the whole Arsenal team. But um, Ed is a Spurs supporter. Worst case scenario, halfway through the se- halfway through the season, worst case scenario is in play, and. Um, now the big the big thing now is going to be you know can Arsenal hold their nerve through the second half of the season when everybody's looking at them going holy shit this is the best team in the league and knowing that Manchester City is not dead and buried they are uh, Arsenal are having a phenomenal year City are having what we consider a subpar year and I believe they're you've got the table I believe they're five points behind so you know uh, objects and mirror are closer than they appear maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, just at the top, though, man, Arsenal have been phenomenal. Well, and, this and does this show how, like, swingy it could be? If United had closed out the game against Arsenal, uh, United would be just five points back. That's, that's, that's how swingy this yeah. would be. And don't look now, but United's starting to look really yeah. good, too. 
Jesus Christ. Now we're talking now we're talking extra worst case scenario. United may be figuring yeah, it out. This was like oh god. She's always yeah, been my biggest was, terror. It was really two big terrors. One they would get Conte and two they would get Ten Hog and and then they <laughs> got Ten Hog and everybody was like, "Oh, but it's okay because Ronaldo's acting like an idiot." The, the, this this will be fine. Yeah, Ronaldo was a great equalizer. <laughs> It'll be fine. Don't worry. And then United did the smart thing and got rid of him and went, oh, no. No. No, guys. No, it's like, it's like they literally have gotten rid of their two biggest roadblocks in like the last 18 months. Uh, first, Solskjaer and then Ronaldo. That worked. Um, so, yeah, now, now that we're looking, um, we are looking at, you know, the the I, I think you city pretty locked in at at least second place uh unless unless Europe tears them away or they just go on a crazy run they're gonna then they end up finishing first who knows um but Wes what I want to kind of look at now real quick is at that three four five slot right now um right now Newcastle United and Spurs all within three points uh Tottenham right now on the outside looking in of the Champions <laughs> League spots uh do you think that our current top four are going to be the top four to end the season? Or do you think someone currently outside of it, whether it's Spurs or whether it's someone else, will come and crash the party? So, ultra-optimistic <laughs> yeah. Wes sits here and says, well, you know, that ninth-place team, oh, they've got, uh, I think, a couple <laughs> matches in hand, and... Oh, we've seen before that team, those guys, they've got the muscle memory to rip off 15 consecutive victories. Oh, they could do it. All right, folks, it's January 25th as we record this. Mm -hmm. Ed Green, I'm riding Liverpool off for the season. Everyone out there, he did this last year and they took it to the final day. (laughs) So just in this almost this exact same point. <laughs> Quiet, you. I need your. I don't need you reminding the people what I've done in the past. Um, I just, good God, man. I mean, it, it's the thing. Last year, it was never like, yeah. oh, this team can't yeah. get their shit together at all. Last year, for me, it was just like I didn't see right. City dropping enough, and City did and let us back in. And they give Liverpool all the credit. Good God, they went on a hell of a tear in the second half of the season. But that was Liverpool firing on all damn cylinders. This is Liverpool who can't even put a damn competent team on the field right now. <laughs> um, and, and and then the fact is, there's a lot of teams ahead of Liverpool who normally you'd be like, oh, well, okay. You know, the, these are teams they'd be able to pass. No, these teams are playing really good football right now. Some of them are playing excellent football. They just can't really make much headway up the table because of the teams ahead of them. Liverpool look like trash right now. I mean, that's me being nice. They look like trash. Then, oh, go ahead. Um, anyway, back to the question you asked me without me getting completely fired up. With the way everything is right now, I mean, I, I don't see anyone else who okay. can be in the top four. I, um, that doesn't mean it can't happen, but I've kind of got to go with that top four right now. Because, like, here's my thing. Somehow Spurs are three points out of fourth. And every time I see Spurs or hear something about Spurs, it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, the shittiest (laughs) team on earth. 
It's like, oh, they're fucking horrible. They've lost again. It, it's, Spurs always seem like, oh, yeah, they lost. They lost. They lost. And then I look, and it's like, they're three points out of four. How the hell are they three points out of four? It's like, they, they're the only team that seems like lose, and then they'll lose, like, consecutive matches, and then you look up, it's like, they're still in fifth. What the hell is going on here? Um, I just... I, I don't believe in Spurs to make that run. I... Ugh, this is going to be disgusting. I do believe that United have figured things out. And... Newcastle, so Newcastle would be the one that I would, I would like maybe throw a, an idea out there about. But man, here's the thing about Newcastle. They're not built on flash and pizzazz and scoring goals. They're built on stopping people. And to me, if you're built from the back going forward, that gives you so much more room for, for error. Because at the very least, well, we're stopping people yeah. from scoring. Yeah, I mean, you think about the Liverpool team that won the Premier League. Of course, everybody, oh, Salah, Firmino, oh my goodness, and, and Mane, oh. Yeah, that Liverpool team, like, mm-hmm. did not ship goals. Uh, City, when they've been winning the titles recently, yeah, I mean, they, they're scoring goals in bunches, sure, but they don't ship them. They don't give up goals. And Newcastle is not going to score enough to win the league this year. But Newcastle are keeping people from scoring enough that I think they're going to... Right now, I think Newcastle are going to finish fourth. And, um... Like, right now, my top four... I still think City's okay. going to find a way to win the league. I don't think Arsenal is going to be able to finish it out. I can see it coming down to May. I don't think I don't I don't believe it's going to come down to the last weekend of the season, maybe like the penultimate weekend of the season. I think City are going to win the league. I think Arsenal are going to finish a very close second. I think United are going to find themselves firmly in third. And I think Newcastle are going to do enough to hold out uh, fourth from spring. And and to your credit, are going. And and I don't believe Liverpool's going to finish ninth. I think Liverpool's going to find their way at least into one of those Europa spots, maybe sixth. I just don't know if we have a big run in us this Um, year. I was going to say, to your point about Newcastle's defense, currently joint best. Goal, goals get given up, or not even joint best. They are the best goals given up in the league. 11 goals given up in 20 matches. Five better than Arsenal right now, who are in second yeah. in that category. I, unbelievable. I, mm-hmm. I mentioned this, I think, a month or so ago, how crazy it was that an and anyhow team, when he, was, when he was at Bournemouth and they were known for playing crazy up tempo, attacking, scoring goals, but shipping them to style football has now like the best defense in, the mm-hmm. football, in football. Like that's. It's crazy. Well, I, th- I think when he was at Bournemouth, I think Eddie Howe was doing what he had to do at Bournemouth with what he had. I just, I think, I think Eddie Howe's really good. I think he's a really good manager. Playing to what his and, um, strengths are, that's bonkers. Yeah, and I think we're seeing it more. I think we're seeing it more and more this season. 
Eddie Howe's yeah. just a really good manager. And um, he's kind of like that English manager going forward, I think. Uh, I really definitely. think he is. I think uh, I think Graham Potter might be a little bit of fool's gold. But I think Eddie Howe is really good. Um, not to get you fired up again, but as we do look at that mid-table, uh, with Liverpool and Chelsea both on 29 points, they actually played this past weekend and then got to a nil-nil draw. Um, and although Liverpool do have match in hand, again, they are at both at 29 points. I have to ask, which team has been more disappointing this year? Like, I think it's Liverpool, but I also think just Liverpool have had to deal with a lot of injuries. And but Chelsea have gone through like a managerial change that hasn't really worked out. They've gone through a regime change, obviously, coming into this year with Todd Bowley buying the team. Um, so a lot of turmoil in different ways at both clubs. Um, but both now, now sitting themselves at the bottom of the top half of the table. Um, both obviously have the talent to go on a run. But as you said earlier, just with the teams above them and with the way these seasons have gone, doesn't look super lightly. So uh, super likely. So I'm curious who you think of those two has had the more disappointing half season so far. Um, to me, I think... Um... To me, I think the more disappointing has... I think right now, Liverpool fans are probably a little more disappointed with their season. But honestly, I think Chelsea's been the more disappointing team just because when you start looking at all the money and the moves that they've made, and, like, none of it's come off. And, you know, oh, well, then we'll fire the manager, we'll bring in Graham Potter, and it hasn't really changed. Um... I think Liverpool fans are really disappointed. We are. But honestly, then we can look at things and be like, oh, God, everybody's hurt. This is just, you know, we're in kind of like this weird shit transition year. You know, we we see where this team needs surgery, and we cross our fingers it'll be done in the summer, right? That's a story for another day. Um, For Chelsea, it's like... They just had a facelift and a boob job and lipo over the summer and the transfer window, and they still suck. So it's like, where do we go to fix this? You know, with Liverpool, I think they can look at it and be like, okay, yes, this is very disappointing, but mm-hmm. here's the way out. You know, if we can, you know, we get these guys healthy and say we get a Jude Bellingham and maybe the Nunez kid from uh, Wolves, who seem to be big midfield guys, you know, we're, we're going to move off some guys who maybe maybe their time is over. Um, you know, Liverpool feel like they can fix this. With Chelsea, it's more like, God, we keep throwing paint at the wall, but we're not getting a Monet here. <laughs> What do we do now? <laughs> oh, I'll just keep throwing paint at the wall and see if something sticks. So to me, I think there's a lot of disappointment there. Um, and just like, there's not an answer. I mean, yes, Chelsea have had injuries. We know Chelsea have had injuries. But two, they've spent a lot of money on guys who just have not achieved anything. With Liverpool, it's more, okay, this group's aging out. 
here's what we need to do to fix it. With Chelsea, it's like, you know, we're paying big money for guys who are supposed to be good, and they're not. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? So uh, I'm going to go just by just by a hair. I'm going to give Chelsea the, the lead and the disappointment factor of the you season. remember when Cucurella was supposed to be, like, the next big thing in the Premier League? It's just fallen into an abyss. That was fun. I I like that one. Oh yeah. Um, for for the last part of our little Premier League wrap up here at the at the midway mark, I do want to take a look at the bottom. And again, it is so close here. <laughs> Me too. I enjoy with the bottom. Seven teams within three points of each other. Um, Leicester, Leeds, West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth, Everton, and Southampton. Um. If I could really quickly, I'm going to pull up uh, our finishing spots and see uh, right now uh, you had Fulham, Southampton and Bournemouth uh, as your relegation with Forrest uh, narrowly escaping. Um, and I am very wrong on one of those. <laughs> we were both very wrong on Fulham uh, so far. Um, Bournemouth, though, and Southampton, both in that bottom three, are along with Everton currently. Wes, I want you. I want you to go on record now. Now, at the halfway point of the season, I want you to tell me who who is finishing in the bottom three. Um, bottom three. You can just you can just give me three teams. Hmm? I can just give you three teams. Okay. Okay. Southampton going down. Bournemouth going down. Leeds United going down. Okay. And I hate to say that because you know I've got a real soft spot for Leeds United. And I hate that. It just, things look like it's going to shit fast around there. Sweet, sweet Everton. Are you going to give me a second year in a row where you tease me to the last day of the season? Just might. But, Ed, what could be even sweeter than Everton finishing 17th this year? How about Everton finishing 17th and the rumored hiring of big Sam Allardyce to come in and save him? Oh, I've heard Coming true. Oh, that's so bad. Would actually make it worth it. If they had to bring in Sam Allardyce to save that club. Oh, man. Well, just looking at uh, Everton's next stretch here, uh, they get Arsenal and Liverpool uh, in the next couple weeks, and then they get uh, then they get Leeds and Villa and Forest. Um, so they they have a chance. They they have a chance maybe to pick up some points here somewhere, but no. So I saw something the other day. This was like. A stat I died laughing. Like right now, if you look at the Premier League form table, which I don't have it up in front of me, I'm trying uh, to go the, off this off the memory. Last, everybody's last five. Yep. Right. So, say like the six teams who are on like the worst run in the Premier League right now that have won like one in their last eight, one in their last 10, one in their last 11. Every one of those teams, that one win was against Everton. <laughs> Like Leeds, Wolves, Bournemouth, Southampton, everybody's like beating everything. 
Oh, man. He's never turned this, just that this... amazing. Southampton beat him. West Ham beat him. Wolves beat him. This is why every time... Bournemouth beat him. Leicester beat him. This is going back into November. Every time I see, like, a message on the Spurs Reddit of, oh, this team is trash. This team is absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. This is we're the worst organization in football. Blah. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. we were basically, like, level with Everton six years ago in terms of, like, standings in the Premier League. In terms, like, not, not, I don't mean like in the table specifically, but just like in stature. That's about where Tottenham was, right? And right. and now you see, you see how bad it could actually get. Y'all, yeah, that's right. Because it was like Everton, Tottenham, yeah. like in that five, six, seven range. Yep. Yeah, when we first started doing yep. this podcast, it was basically like the big six in Everton. It, that, that's kind of what it was up there. And then Everton just fell off the cliff. <laughs> oh, man. It's been wonderful. But don't forget, at first they got super rich owners and then spent a shit ton of money yeah. and still fell off the cliff. Man, and that's, and that's the other thing, too. When we talk about, you know, United being the cautionary tale of, well, well, money doesn't buy you wins necessarily. You got you got to be smart with them. Everton is that times a thousand. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So that is that is the Premier League at half at the halfway mark. Uh, we are going into an FA Cup weekend here. So no Premier League matches. Uh, the next one will be. Uh, I believe next Friday, um, and I believe that Chelsea is involved in that. Yep, it'll be Chelsea versus Fulham on that Friday, uh, February 3rd, 3 p.m. So go check that out. Mm -hmm. uh, as for the League Cup, uh, the semifinals started this week. Uh, United one step closer to the title as they 3-0'd Nottingham Forest today. So they'll have the return leg next week on the 1st. Uh, and then Newcastle, with a 73rd-minute goal from Jolinton, gets by Southampton 1-0. And they'll take that 1-0 lead next week to St. James Park as they look to advance to the finals, where they'll most likely be facing United. So we'll see if that... Uh, and again, those are those are two teams right there in the Champions League right now. So that could be a, that could be a dynamite final uh, if it ends up coming to pass. And just... just Real quick, because I'm I'm curious now that we just talked about how many goals Newcastle has shipped. Um, so so none in their first leg against Southampton, none in the quarterfinal against Leicester. Uh, where nope. they one nailed Bournemouth in the fourth round, and then in the third round, because they had to be here in the third round, right? Newcastle, where are you, Newcastle? Nil-nil uh, against Palace, three-two on penalties. So Newcastle have not given up a goal yet in the FA, or sorry, in the League Cup. No, it's the big one, Ed. Is is but they got knocked out of the FA Cup somehow. I know it's the one that matters. Oh man, exactly. I know it's the one that matters. But this year the FA Cup's the only one that matters. Um, and the FA Cup is back this weekend, as mentioned. Um, so we can really go quickly through this. Um, uh, Arsenal and City, again, this is somehow the first time these two teams have met this year. 
it's now in the FA Cup at the end of January. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, so they'll be they'll be kicking things off this Friday. Um, so check that out. That'll be a great one. Uh, then Ac- on Saturday, Accrington Stanley hosts Leeds. Walsall from uh, League Two gets Leicester. Blackburn Rovers and Birmingham City face off. Bristol takes on West Brom. Fulham takes on Sunderland, who may be back in the Premier League soon. Uh, Ipswich takes on Burnley. Uh, Luton Town takes on Grimsby. Grimsby out of uh, League Two. Sheffield Wednesday takes on Fleetwood Town. Southampton faces Blackpool. Preston North and hosts Spurs. Uh, United gets Reading at home. Uh, Brighton takes on Liverpool for the second time in like three weeks. Um, <laughs> don't talk about the last meeting. Uh, Stoke takes on another League Two side in Stevenage. Uh, the only non-league team still left, Wrexham. Uh, they'll be taking on Sheffield United at home, and then Derby County gets West Ham. <laughs> um, so some very interesting matches, and again, there's a decent amount of teams uh, from League Two, and that was still Wrexham from below the league. Maybe see if one of them can pull out a, a victory here and uh, advance to the fifth round. That'd be super dope. So we'll we'll see. Right now, a Wrexham player is leading the Golden Boot race of the FA Cup. So we'll see. We'll see if that continues or not. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the oh, FA Cup. That that'll be that'll be this weekend, and we'll be talking about the results next week on the pod. Uh, as we start with the news and notes now, um, we go into the news that we have kind of danced around, but to take uh, take it officially here, uh, David Ornstein reporting just a few days ago <laughs> that Frank Lampard has been sacked by Everton following their 2-0 loss at West Ham, one of those losses West Ham, or West mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, this, of course, just a few weeks after... Uh, Chairman Farad Moshiri uh, had said, "No, yeah, he's 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 our guy. He's he's definitely our guy." Um, the Athletic reporting, the dreaded vote of confidence. Um, the Athletic also reporting that uh, Marcelo Bielsa might be a candidate to to take over there. West Mentioning also um, Big Sam, oh, which would just be amazing. Um, Everton currently have the fewest wins in the league. Um, Right now, Paul Tate and Leighton Baines, the mortal Leighton Baines, uh, will be uh, taking over as co-managers until a new one is appointed. Uh, this is... And go big dunk! Uh, this is, of course, the second time uh, Lampard has been fired from a Premier League job. The first one was by Chelsea in January of 2021. And now, two years later, here we are again with him being given his marching papers from Everton. Um... Yeah, just it it never looked like it was completely his fault that Everton were floundering, but it also never looked like he was pushing them in a better direction. So I don't hate the firing, Wes, but I also like it's really tough to know what more Frank could have done there um, to, to not get sacked because that that team, that club. That organization is an absolute mess right now. Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, you can't just keep, it might not all be Frank Lampard's fault, but, I mean, you can't just keep beating your head against the wall. Um, you know, somewhere it's like, well, you know, we need to make some kind of a move, and you know what? You can't get rid of the whole I wish they could. thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, they probably wish they could. They very much wish they could because there's a lot of money in that team that is just dead, dead, dead money. Um, but the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be the manager. In that situation, it's the manager who goes. He hadn't won anything or done anything really for him. You know, where across the Stanley Park, you know, Jurgen Klopp's getting the benefit of the doubt because, well, you know, Jurgen's won six trophies and he's been here. He's done that. We get it. We trust Jurgen. Over on the other side, so like, what the fuck's Frank done for us? He ain't done shit. He kept us up by like one damn point last year. What did he freaking do? So, um, you know, you always knew it was going to be Frank falling on the sword. Uh, man, you want to talk about a brutal job right now. I think Bielsa is crazy to go in and take Everton right now. Uh, they're no way, shape, or form suited to his style. Um, he has no time to get them ready for his style. That is nearly a suicidal job. Excuse me. That is nearly a suicidal job. I joke as I say Sam Allardyce, but honestly, it might take someone like Sam Allardyce to keep that team up this year. What? They just they just need to find a way to get solid, not ship goals, and hold on for fucking dear life. And be else such yeah. you're right. That I can't now, remember so. if it was you who told me this or if I just read this in another article in the Athletic. Um, it, it, there's also the rumor that West Ham could end up sacking David Moyes, and then Moyes just goes to Everton. Stop by all if I come so rich. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Man, I, I, I don't know. To me, that's a really risky proposition because that could either go right or that could go real wrong, mm -hmm. real damn fast. And it's really, I think, it would be disappointing. Go ahead. I'm, I, now, I wouldn't say in the future, I wouldn't rule out, say, hey, you know, maybe let's get through this season, the offseason. Hey, Moisey's out there. Might be an idea. Uh, I could not see I could not see getting him fired from West Ham and bringing him in directly. That's craziness. Yeah, it 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 would be very weird too, given that like, um, you know, you know, Moyes did have such a good year last year at West Ham, and things have just completely fallen apart this year. Um, to then have him come in and try to right this ship because if he if he has this bad year, gets fired from West Ham, and then manages to not keep Everton up after taking over for them in the same season, that. I don't want to say that's a death mark on his career, but it's it, it, it starts to I would say push him towards the fringes a lot more. Maybe that maybe than he already is. Um, How magnificently <laughs> amazing would that be? Better coaches <laughs> is what we need in the Premier League. So yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, this is this is craziness. Um, and and again. Um, Everton are certainly a club on the brink. Uh, if, if we've we've talked about it before on this podcast, if they go down, it could be catastrophic for this club. Um, given again how much dead money they have, their their ideas of building you know new training ground, new stadium, all that like what what happens there. So this is it's gonna be a very interesting four months here going forward for Everton. Mm. Just. Kind of like it was last year, but considering that we've already seen like how close they got to the brink, you know, now, now that they've been there, you're like, okay, that was like a one-off situation. Surely next year will be better. Now that it's not, you're like, oh shit, oh no, oh no, 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 no,
It's not going to get better. Um, real quick, uh, Tottenham's uh, Harry Kane did score on this past weekend against Fulham uh, to equal uh, Jimmy Greaves' record of goals scored at Tottenham. Um, so that is that was a big thing there, uh, getting to 266. So big job by him. And of course, Erling Haaland just keeps scoring goals constantly. So we'll see where he eventually ends up. Colin. Erling Holland has now scored as many hat tricks in the Premier League as Muhammad Salah. Oh, he's a freak of nature, man. Erling Holland has more Premier League hat tricks than Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh man. How high can this guy go? That's I think that's the question now. It's just like how how far can he take this? Oh man. Um, kind of as far as he wants, but no, we we talked about it. We talked about the beginning of the year. As good as he damn is, is it going to not make City be the best they can be? It's weird because like their um, the thing everybody thought was the problem last yeah. year was that they didn't have a dedicated like target striker. And then they got maybe the best one. And mm-hmm. somehow it's like, oh, well, they're actually worse. Yeah. Yeah. Just not, not even worse, just maybe not quite as effective. Yeah, just not that good. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know. Um, and then my other question, I kind of wonder how long, I mean, I know he's at City. I know City's a, quote, big club. They got a lot of money. I know that. How long his ambition is to stay at Manchester City? I know there was talk of him going to Real, so really wonder. Oh, yeah. I mean, Real, there's still a couple big clubs, and God, don't look now. Fucking Barcelona is pretty damn good again. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter, apparently. So <laughs> who cares? Oh, man, amazing. So. Um, anyway, as we take a look at uh, the transfer market, as it is quickly coming to a close here in the next week, a um, couple of uh, ones that have gone uh, come in since we uh, last talked. Uh, this one getting done just earlier today. Uh, speaking of Everton's woes, I guess. Uh, Arnat Danyuma coming over from Villarreal to Spurs on a loan. I believe I read that there is an option to buy for Spurs at the end of the season. Um, so the winger is coming over from Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was apparently literally medical done, media done, everything ready to go. And then Tottenham came in and was like, hey, you, do you want to come play for us instead? They're like, yeah, okay, sure. Do you want to not have to play for Everton? As, as many people noted, uh, the fact that they literally just fired their manager probably made a bad situation sound even worse. So. Good on you for getting out, buddy. Good on, good on you for coming out. Um, a couple other moves uh, as well. Um, Leandro Tassard leaving Brighton to go to Arsenal for 24 million euros. Uh, Chris Wood leaving Newcastle for Forest on loan. Danny Ings, Ingsy heading from Villa to West Ham to see if he can keep them up uh, for, on a 12 million dollar deal or 12 million euro deal, excuse me. Um, one of the Danilos going from uh, Brazil's Palmeiras to uh, Nottingham Forest for 20 million euros. And then Michaelo Mudrick uh, leaving Shakhtar for Chelsea for 70 
million euros part of that spaghetti slinging at the wall to try and make art uh that Wes was talking about earlier um so Wes we'll say that i think that one's got a good chance to stick i think god he looked really good the other day when he came on that that might be that might be chelsea's best piece of business in a while um so so wes uh what are what what's caught your eye from this uh the last few weeks of the transfer window and what are you looking forward to here in the the final week or so Uh, let me say you know the mutra kid um Turned into kind of a little war between Arsenal. It looked like Arsenal had him sewed up. And then uh, apparently what it was was Arsenal had uh, worked Shakhtar. They, they had negotiated the buyout down. And then Chelsea, you know, being the Todd Bowley play toy that they are, uh, Chelsea just came in and said, oh, we'll pay the whole thing. So, you know, of course Shakhtar's like, uh, <laughs> sure. Okay, cool. Um, you know, we don't give a shit who buys them just somebody cut that check so uh, that's how he ended up at Chelsea and just from what we saw the other day ooh, he really looks a player really looks a player uh, that said you know, just because Chelsea have a player doesn't mean they'll know what the hell to do with it also doesn't mean that he won't leave in a couple of years so, uh, we'll see what happens there um, looking elsewhere in the market been some moves. There's been some no moves. I like Spurs going in and getting the the midfielder. Um, like I say, you know, look like Everton had that one sewed up in the books, and then Tottenham just made a call and said, "Hey, bud, yeah, we're Tottenham and they're Everton." So he's, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah, I'll come sign for y'all. That's cool." So, uh, yeah, uh, apparently Liverpool have no money, so we're not getting anybody. I can't um, believe Fenway Sports Group is broke. It's crazy. Uh, Jesus Christ, seriously. Uh, by, by the way, on the uh, that um, that list of like the most profitable clubs in the world, Liverpool are like number three. But they have no money. But they have no money. They're the third most profitable team in the world, behind like Real and God. I don't know if it was. PSG or something. I mean, just somebody ridiculous. And then Liverpool, it's like, oh, shit, cool, so we can go get some players. Oh, hold on now. Nobody say anything about getting players. Um, Yeah, that's where we are right now in the transfer market. Um, I do expect with, let's say, by the time you guys hear this, uh, six, there's like four or five days left of the transfer market. Still expect a little bit of zaniness to happen. Just don't know if it's going to happen to my team. So, whoop de doo. Real quick, I think I'm looking at Sportico, the business of sports website here. Uh, the Premier League valuations for 2023. Uh, of course, I cannot. I have to be a subscriber. So, that's cool. So it exists. It's out there. Go go subscribe. I guess. Um. Yeah, you go subscribe. Uh, this uh, from The Athletic uh, by Whale Jabber, I guess. Uh, Ronaldo versus Messi for one last time, those <laughs> trophies and why they met in Saudi Arabia. Oh, man. That was, uh, that was an article. That, mm. that, of all the articles I've read on The Athletic, that was, that was certainly one of them. So, um, yeah. That just shows, you know, how far 
how far Ronaldo has really fallen. Um, and, and I guess kind of a sad commentary a little bit on Messi too, with him being a a potential Saudi Arabia mouthpiece as well. So yay, you thought you thought Saudi Arabia and, and Qatar were, were done now that we're we've had the World Cup over? No. No, it's apparently not. Just remember, folks, just because somebody's really good at kicking a ball or throwing a ball or hitting a ball or hitting somebody's running with a ball doesn't mean that they're a really good world person. Um, just means that they're really good my, at a sport. My hope is that this is just China 2.0. Because um, I remember we were we were doing this podcast when all of a sudden China mm-hmm. was like hanging oh, yeah. out bajillion dollar deals left and right to get people over there and they're like okay okay right uh oh uh kennedy i think uh kennedy from um uh chelsea oscar from chelsea oscar whatever there's really huge uh, money i believe uh hulk hulk ended up over there uh there were a handful um uh you remember the year uh liverpool were gonna sign uh yes tashira tashira and then um, it, it fell through, and like six months later, he's over there on huge money. And uh, yeah, I mean, Saudi Arabia just seems like the latest place to go and just make obscene amounts of money and play in a shit and league. And that's kind of my hope is that because because China's soccer infrastructure has collapsed because they just kind of threw money at players and and hoped it worked. Hopefully, that's what happens here too. I guess um so we'll 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 see because i i could i could easily see that being being the case again here so but we'll we'll see um this from philip bup on alphalannouncing.com uh i think maybe the the least surprising headline i've ever read in my life uh former fox international execs to stand trial for alleged world cup rights bribery scheme just shocking what corruption around the World Cup, and this is un- awesome. Uh, Hernan Lopez and Carlos Martinez uh, were accused of wire fraud and money laundering charges as they allegedly bribed FIFA to get Fox the broadcasting rights to tournaments like the Copa Libertadores, uh, Copa Sudamericana, and the World Cup. Uh, Lopez was the former chief executive of Fox International, and Martinez was president of Fox International's Latin American operations. Um, just, yeah, wow. Who, who could have seen this coming when ESPN, who did a fantastic job of covering the World Cup, lost it somehow to Fox? Just crazy. Crazy how that ended up happening, and now we know why, I guess. So, if you're one, if you're wondering why you had to see, uh, fucking, uh, Alexi Lawless in full-on guitar gear, and just sucking at their teeth, this thing on Fox this past November, this is why. Just, just. So I can't have anything nice. Um, couple real quick stories here to finish this off. Uh, this one from Diana Moskovitz over at Defector. Uh, just going to go quickly through the headline here. Uh, Danny Alves, uh, the Brazilian international, has been jailed in a sexual assault case. 
um and truly the only like real bad part for danny alves here is that his name isn't cristiano ronaldo um and then in a little bit of more lighthearted news um also from defector this from the great ray rado uh, the article, you're fired, and just to show I'm serious, you're rehired. Um, so this happened to over in Italy, because of course it did. Uh, Salernitana, uh, their president, Danilo Irvolino, uh, decided to fire manager David Nicola uh, after Saturday's uh, loss to Napoli. And then Monday, sure. he rehired him. What a change of heart. It's truly a Steinbrenner-esque move. Oh man. So so best of luck, Salar Nitana. Hopefully, hopefully the second go-around goes as good as the first, I guess. Oh man. Who says you can't go? He probably didn't even have to go very far. (laughs) I haven't even left my hotel room yet. This is this is great. Oh man! Oh, uh, Italy! I love your stories. Absolutely. Um, with that, Wes, let's pimp out the Athletic, the amazing website that it is. What you've been reading this past week on the Athletic? Well, and of course, we've talked about the second of one of Francis Lampard. I have no idea his name is really Francis. Probably not. Uh. Yeah, Oliver K. Uh, earlier today, bruised Lampard and Gerrard will get offers, but is but it is tricky to mm-hmm. say what comes next. This is two guys, two Premier League legends, <clears throat> um, as we know, pretty much connected at the hip by the fact that uh, the English national team could never fucking work when they were there. But anyway, um, both are. Era jobs in, three jobs in for Frank. Uh, Stevie's been fired at Aston Villa. Frank's been fired at both Chelsea and Everton at this point. So there's still a connection there. When when there are two teams, it's oh, it's Gerard, it's Lampard. It's like they're standing on the sidelines and they both have little tummies. But anyway, um, so uh, of course in the Athletic we've got to connect them. Once again, I mean, let's see what's happening going forward. Now, one of the very early rumors that were flying out was that Everton was going to get in contact with Steven Gerrard about the Everton job. Fuck that, man. That, you want to talk about some freaking fireworks. You, you remember how Everton fans were pissed when they hired Frank Lampard? Or Rafa. Or Rafa. I mean, they... Oh, God, yeah, Rafa. Everton fans hate Steven Gerrard. I think I posted this week, Everton fans are happier to hate Steven Gerrard than they are to hate losing. They would rather get relegated than to cheer for Steven Gerrard. Um, I, I do not... If they did that, you know, they, they've already talked before about, you know, all oh, the owners at Everton, they're, you know, they're not really in tune with what the fans of the club want. Yeah, there's that, and then there's hiring Steven Gerrard. <laughs> So um, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, this is something interesting to keep it on because so for Gerard, I think Gerard came in and he started off pretty darn well at Aston Villa, and then it just didn't work out over time for whatever reason. 
Now, Gerard's also taking a little more of a hit right now because, man, since he left, oh, they're playing really good. You know, Unai Emery's come in, and, man, you know, Aston Villa are playing really well this season. Uh, for Lance, that means now he's failed at the top of the table, and now he's failed at the bottom of the table. Um, I could almost see if the right person wanted to hire Steven Gerrard, I could see it maybe getting through right now. I don't think any Premier League team will touch Lampard right now with a 10-foot pole. Uh, I think both of these guys, if they decide they want to get back into the breach as the manager, I think both of them are going to have to drop down somewhere and do some rehab. Um, Frank has proven, I mean, Frank's best season was managing in the championship. So, uh, I mean, he did a very good job at Derby. Um, Steven Gerrard did a phenomenal job at Rangers. So they have both succeeded, just not at the Premier League level. Um, so I think that next step, just I don't see it being a Premier League team for either of them. But I do believe in the next year, probably by next season, you will see one, one if not both, of the dynamic duo back in managing somewhere, if that is so what they want to do. So uh, by Oliver K, of course, uh, theorize it a whole hell of a lot better than I do <clears throat> because he's the man. Um, uh, Manny Navarro, five-star recruiting debate. How did the elite from the class of 2022 fare as freshman? He does take a look down at the uh, five-star prospects who came through class 2022. This is a very polarizing year for college football freshmen. Um, I believe it was the first year that players were coming in with the NIL deals. Uh, you had the number one player in the country last year, Travis Hunter, at Jackson State of all places. Um, you had the debacle that was Texas A&M with some of their big-time five-stars in their recruiting class. Um, some quarterbacks worked, some didn't, some never saw the field. So uh, a nice little look in, nice little look in. Um, and what was my last one I had? Uh, just some Red Sox news, because uh, the Red Sox are finally making moves. Here's the one that jumped out to me. Former closer Matt Barnes designated for assignment as Red Sox roster turnover continues. Ed, you remember when Matt Barnes yeah. was going to be the closer of the future? And we paid him like the closer of the future? And then, like, literally, as soon as the ink dried on his contract, he went to complete shit. But you know what, Ed? It's guaranteed money. Good for it. If you can get it. Make your money, young man. Make your money. Anyway, love you, Um, My, uh, I have two little stories here. Uh, this first one from Rustin Dodd and Jason Jenks. Uh, the SNL of Sabermetrics, how a group of message board misfits changed baseball. Um, this goes back to uh, the founding of Baseball Prospectus and Gary Huckabee. Um, go read it. It is fascinating, um, especially given like how sabermetrics really took off in like the mid 90s and then into the 2000s and kind of morphed into something that has been 
you know, so heavily influencing how baseball has gone the last you know decade or so. Um, go check it out because it is a fascinating group with a very colorful cast of characters. Um, so it is a great, great read as as the athletic always does. Uh, and then I actually sent you this story um, and just started laughing after it. Mm-hmm. Um, this by Katie Wu and David O'Brien from earlier this week. Uh, longtime Braves broadcaster Chip Carey leaving Atlanta for same role with the Cardinals, according to sources. Um, couldn't couldn't happen to a better group of fans. Just, that one's for that one's for you, Cardinal fans. Mm-hmm. You you're, you now get Chip Carey, so enjoy that. Oh, yeah, but they're the best fans in baseball. <laughs> and now they have the best play-by-play guy in baseball. So <sighs> what's What's the problem here? You know it. Oh, you know it, bro. Just oh, amazing. Um, with that, we head now into the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was the week that will be? Jesus Christ, we watched something this past weekend. It is so slipping my mind right now. <laughs> Oh, man, I feel freaking terrible about that. Um, well, I'll just go with the easy. Yeah. We've been watching Bob's Burgers because I love Bob's Burgers. Bob's is great. I'm in season four. I keep on chugging. I actually started, um, my wife was out of town, and I wasn't in a Bob's mood. I started watching Malcolm in the Middle again. Great show from the 2000s. I don't know if you ever watched Malcolm in the Middle. Well, uh, Walter White's in it. And Frankie Muniz, yeah. He is 197% not Walter White in that show. <laughs> so Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. Um, I, I will say we um, we we've decided we're gonna we're gonna watch Better Call Saul. Um, starting like maybe tomorrow. So um, of course I've watched. I think it's six seasons, and the last one just came out. I've watched the first five, but we're gonna go back through the whole thing because she's never watched it. But she's like shit. I never actually finished Breaking Bad. So tonight we got on her Netflix. She had four episodes of Breaking Bad left. So tonight we watched three of the last ones. And now we just have like the final episode to finish tomorrow night. But man, you know, so I I, I got this like, I've been watching Malcolm in the Middle and it's like, oh, here's Brian Cranston again. It's like a guy, a, a character that has been named by many publications as maybe the greatest television character of all time. Is is Walter White? Um, because Breaking Bad's just God. I, I mean, I remember when I watched Breaking Bad and we talked about it on the Watch Forward. It is immaculate. It's a magnificent show, and that character is just beyond amazing. <laughs> it Brian Cranston may be like the underrated actor of our time because that dude not only played possibly the greatest television character of all time in Walter White. Like, he was coming off doing Malcolm in the Middle, where, as one of the main characters on that on that long-running sitcom, he played a character so diametrically opposite to everything Walter White is. Except for one thing, Ed, and that's that they both loved their families. They were dads who loved their families. But my God, Brian Cranston, and he's been in other things over the years, he's had... Yeah, I think those are like his two biggest roles, definitely, though. 
Um, but you know, he's been in some movies here and there. He's had like cameo movie appearances. I think he's had like some television, like uh, guest starring drop-ins and things. Man, I'll tell you what, that is a dude who people don't immediately think about as one of like the elite actors, but he is. But he is a green. That's all I can say. I, I think it's interesting, especially because it's like he does have the, this like hugely dramatic role, but he's so good at the comedy, and he seems like such a like a like a genuinely good dude. That it's so weird then to see him <laughs> just like in in this show Breaking Bad. It's that's just so so very different um, from that. So yeah, mm-hmm. just looking through his um, his IMDb. Um, Real quick, uh, he was actually in Argo. Uh, he was in the modern mm-hmm. reboot of uh, Total Recall. Uh, let's let's see what else was he. Right. Uh, he was uh, Jim Gordon in one of the uh, Batman animated movies. Uh, he was in Drive. Uh, he was in what else was he in? Um, he was in Little Miss Sunshine. Um, so yeah, he's he's had a very and I'm just like hitting some of like the bigger the bigger things here. His his IMDb is very very long. Um he was in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Forgot about that actually. I was, I was I was literally about to say I remember he had a he had a kind of a small role in, in Saving Private Ryan. Episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, he was uh Tim Watley. He was uh, the the dentist who <clears throat> converted to Judaism for the jokes. Oh, man. just actually, wow! Great role. Actually, going back, let's see. Let's where where does his IMDb start? He was in an episode of Baywatch, apparently. Um. Okay, so his first credit goes back. He had two credits in 1980. He was in a TV movie to race the wind as quarterback. And then he was in a TV Ooh. movie called Galaxy Express 999, Can You Love Like a Mother? I don't know what this is. Oh, it's an- <laughs> it was in an anime. It was an anime. It was an anime? He, was an- he was one of the English uh, language versions. Uh, he-, he did one of the dubs. He did one of the dub, the English dubs. Wow. Oh, that's one of his first credits. That's amazing. I don't even know what the fuck this is, but oh my god! What a rich oh, career, actually, though. Actually, and again, like I didn't, I didn't even do like half the things, or even maybe like a quarter of the things he was in. His IMDb is very, very long. So go check it out. Um, as for me, is there anything? Oh, um, you angry? I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Um, there is a really cool YouTube channel out there, uh, called, I believe it's called Amuleto. Um, that basically is just a, an aggregate of a bunch of really good short films, like, like indie works. Um, and there are some really, really, really well produced videos on that on that site. Um, 
so I would I would definitely check it out. The one that got me was and I want to pull it up here. It was it was actually a uh, a time travel sort of thing, um, but very, very self-contained. And again, it was only like a 15 minute video. Um, if I could pull it up here, come on. I know I know it's here somewhere um, on your main page here. Excuse me. Um, and it's cool because they actually have a bunch of playlists like they have like a playlist of just like sci fi short videos or horror short videos or comedy uh, short short videos and documentaries and romance. And it's it's really good. Um, uh, so this one was called Stalled. Um, and the premise was a man goes to a public restroom and gets <clears throat> trapped in a time paradox. And what I love about all their titles is it gives like so when you look at the title of the, the video on YouTube, it gives like in the title, it'll give like the premise of it and then it'll give the actual name of the short film. Um, so like there was another, this was, this was a genuinely really good one. Uh, a man in a time loop must work with his brother to prevent a catastrophic fire. Uh, and that one was called exit strategy. That one was really, really good. And again, it's just 15 minutes long but it's really, really well done. Um, so go check it out. If you if you want to just like have a quick video, again, like the longest ones are maybe 25 minutes. Um, so we're talking about like TV episodes are shorter, uh, but they look like movies. Um, and again, so again, that is Amaletto, O-M-E-L-E-T-O on YouTube. Some really, really, really cool stuff on there. Um, but yeah, like I even I even think you would like Exit Strategy, Wes. Because there's not like, it, it's not like, it's obviously a very sci-fi premise because they're dealing with a time loop, but it's it's a very grounded story and it's not like getting into the mechanics of time travel or any like sci-fi craziness like that. It's it's a very human grounded story. So anyway, that is that. I'm going to have to take some time out of my extremely busy time schedule. Between Look at an that. episode of Bob's Burgers, just throw it in there. It's shorter than an episode of Bob's Burgers. So. Uh, <laughs> and Gene there! Oh my god. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Episode 448 is in the books. Uh, thanks as always to our podcast providers, including Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on the social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. And I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Uh, that is going to do it, like I said, for this episode. I'll be back next week to talk uh, <laughs> League Cup. Uh, semifinals will wrap up FA Cup. Uh, round of 32, that's where we are. And then uh, preview of the next week in the Premier League. But Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you want to add? Uh, if you're still watching football out there, which I don't know why anyone would be. I mean, Georgia's already your national champion. Um, actually, some interesting matchups in the uh, conference finals, conference championship games. The yeah, conference championship games this weekend in the National Football League. Um, the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles do. Um, and on the other side, Kansas City and Cincinnati, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, which was a really good one. The Bengals 
stunned the teeth. And if they do it again this year, they won't be stunning them. They're just really damn good, actually. So uh, Joe Burrow continues his ascent to uh, to be the man in the NFL. Um, and I might, might, might have to keep an eye on at least that Cincinnati-Kansas uh, City game this weekend. As you guys know, I, I love the football, but I like mine more of the college or the mm. European variety. Yummy, yummy college variety. But, um, yep, yep. If you need something else this weekend, uh, a few people are probably going to turn on. So. Apparently football is still popular here. You're new. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> that is going to do it then for this edition of the podcast. For my calling oh, crime, West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. And until next week, stay safe and enjoy the football. <laughs> for all you Everton fans out there, pull that blanket up tight because I know it's got to be cold all the way down in the depths of the relegation zone halfway through the season. Oh, me! And don't worry. Pull, pull your blankets up tight and warm the stoves. Fire up the ovens. Put a pie in. If you put in a pie, Magic Samuel will appear and you'll finish 17th, lads. Steak and kidney for all. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs>